Hello, and welcome to Steeped in Mystery. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jenna. Hello. Jenna! Guess what? We got a really fun one today. I know. (laughs) And I know nothing about it. We're getting into a very weird conspiracy. Very... Something I think most people have laughed off at this point. And you know what? I'm okay laughing it off, too, in some sense. But I love delving into this stuff that's more laughable just to... See if, if there's. If you can't laugh at yourself every once in a while, <laughs> what's the purpose of life? Well, yeah, but yeah. I find that some of the stuff that people laugh off often has foundations in something that's pretty sinister or pretty real. So, like legends that's somewhat based in reality. Exactly. Mm. I mean, all jokes are tragedy plus time, right? Sure, sure. So it's it's only. It's the only conclusion I can ever come to when people laugh about stuff this much. Okay, gotcha. The the only choice we have is to laugh about it because otherwise... Yeah, <laughs> life would be sad. Well, before we get started, um, we are drinking today a very an soothing... Elder, yeah, it's an elderberry and lemon balm. Yes, it oh, is very good. There are not many... There are so few teas that I drink... Where I'm like, it doesn't need sugar. It doesn't need cream. Because I'm a person right. who will jump for sugar. Yes. All, <laughs> all the time. All the time. All the time. This is incredible on its own. It kind of reminds me of, do you remember those little like uh, rice filled animals that you could sleep with? That, oh. That smell? Yes. That, it gives me those vibes. I was a little nervous to try it because I, I've always had elderberry be like a bitter taste for me. Not this at all. It's not bitter at all. No, it's oh beautiful. If if you even if you don't like elderberry, I think you'd like this. It's a good one, yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm gonna start it where it all started for me. You're okay. gonna start where it all started. That's <laughs> a good place to start. I like it. A video. Oh gosh, okay. So I'm going to play the sound. This is from a TikTok video that went viral a while back. Okay. All right. All of the birds died in 1986 due to Reagan killing them and replacing them with spies that are now watching us. The birds work for the bourgeoisie. What? Is that this guy is literally in an office on like a rolling spinny office chair with a megaphone, <laughs> with a megaphone <laughs> with announcing a... that the that the birds work for the bourgeoisie. Yes. Oh uh, my giddy aunt. <laughs> his only tags to it are birds work for the G- bourgeoisie and then like LGBTQ, which I think okay. it's just like him tagging himself in that sense. Sure. But there is like, he gives no other context, no other... N- nothing. No. There's just nothing. No. But... The birds work. Excuse me, office people. The birds <laughs> work for the bourgeoisie. So do you know who the bourgeoisie is? Uh, They're the rich people that run the country yeah basically the, the upper class the elite the yeah. the fancy the illuminati if you oh know. yes <laughs> yes um but so it went really viral like there's like a birds aren't real like whole uh store 
A lot of people think what? it. <laughs> yeah, you can buy merchandise for birds aren't real. And <laughs> oh my, giddy aunt. There are thousands of videos of people replaying that sound or putting other sounds and talking about the birds working for the bourgeoisie. Uh, oh gosh. And it's really funny and really clever and kind of cute in some uh, okay. of the merchandising ways. But a lot of people thought it was. Um, a lot of news agencies saw it as a guerrilla campaign for the Birds Aren't Real brand, but I couldn't figure out which came first, so I don't really have any conclusive huh. evidence on that. So for for people who don't know what like a guerrilla campaign or, or that kind of advertising is, it's like you make the people advertise for you by doing something dramatic. Okay. Yeah. Hence the megaphone in the office. Saying the birds aren't real. <laughs> I mean, fair. Okay. But let's get into it. Let's talk about pigeons. Okay, sure. Okay. All right. So the rock pigeon is the world's oldest domesticated bird. Oh. Its do- domestication is so old, it's mentioned in Egyptian hieroglyphics and Mesopotamian cuneiform tablets. Dang. Research puts its domestication back as far as 10,000 years ago, although we can only be sure that it's at least as old as the 5,000-year-old tablets we found it on. But still, even that date puts it as the world's oldest domesticated bird, period. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So humans have been using pigeons for a long time. They've been... Holy animals used in, like, sacrifices and, you know, the releasing of doves or pigeons at events or or things like that. They've been used as food. Sure. Because, I mean, why not? Um, pets, of course. Mm-hmm. But most notably, messengers. Okay. Their incredible homing ability made them perfect for delivering messages, and they were even used in both of the world wars to deliver messages. True. This is a time when we had many other forms of communication that were quicker, Mm -hmm. uh, probably, I would say, more reliable to use electronic communication than trusting a bird. But we use them because you can't really hack a bird. You can't... (laughs) True. <laughs> you could shoot it out of the sky, though. But you could shoot any bird out of the sky. And it's like, who's to say that bird is the bird with a message? Are you going to shoot oh. every bird flying in the sky, hoping that it's okay? it's got yep. a message from your enemies? That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Bullets cost money, Jenna. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, today, we see them as pets. They're... um. They are literally have a larger population in most areas than the humans of that area. Um, Their large population, though, actually helps other bird species because they act as easy prey for birds who prey on other birds. Okay. So they kind of act as this easy to access snack for other birds. Sure. They have incredible powers for finding their way home. Um, if taken from, a, from their home, mm-hmm. like put in a cage, put a hood over, completely unallowed to see the world around them and say you fly them or drive them or get them. Hundreds of miles. Hundreds of miles. Okay. To a place they've never been 
and release them, they can find their home within a thousand kilometers or 620 miles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's significant. I can't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> not without the Googles. <laughs> no. Not, like, even then, you know, sometimes it acts up. <laughs> right. If you gave me a map and told me you are here and stuck me in the middle of nowhere, like, I, no compass, no nothing, I would, listen, I would find the nearest gas station at most and then hope to get, <laughs> <laughs> hope to get home. Right. Okay. I, I don't think most people could do that without any outside tools. Sure. L- let's, let's agree with that. Okay. But weirder still, Jenna, we have no idea how they do it. Right. Uh, guesses include them having the this tiny magnetic tissue in their brain, which senses the magnetic uh, pole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And okay. they use that for finding their bearings and just sort of, oh, the magnetation okay. of where my home was is, is where this is. So I'm going to just go where my tiny magnet brain leads me. Okay. Um, okay. Another one is using a, the sun as a compass. Or using the stars as a navigational tool. These are wow. what we would... I mean, most people consider pigeons to be brainless, stupid, mm. filthy animals. And we're talking about them using literal celestial bodies as navigational tools. Um, another theory yeah. is landmark recognition. But again, if they've been brought to someplace they've never been, they'd have to fly in circles and back and forth and sure. several ways in order to find a landmark to go off of in order to find home. Right, right. Um, there's another one that says they have like a polarized light compass, which I don't fully understand and I wasn't going to go into all that, but it's a very disproven or unproven theory. Oh, okay. Um, and then lastly, smell, which I personally think is probably the most likely, but within 620 miles. That's Yeah. A, that's crazy. It's crazy. A dog couldn't do that. No. No. Period. So th- these are these are an animal that finds their way back home better than let's be real. Pretty much anything. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Well, they they have more skills than that. Um in the 1970s, 1980s, Project Sea Hunt began. And pigeons were used as an experimentation there and were shown to be more effective at spotting shipwreck victims than humans were what yeah pigeons have a lot of skills i had to to save their skills because there's too many to write down here so let me go through just how amazing pigeons are for a minute this is just going to be me loving on pigeons for a few minutes okay okay all right they have the capacity to share attention between different dimensions of stimulus like humans and other animals and their performance within multiple dimensions is worse than with a single stimulus dimension. So they they rely, like humans do, on having multiple senses active in order to get where they need to go and figure out their environment. Okay. So where there are some animals that rely solely on smell as their primary or sight, or they, like humans, rely on multiple sensory inputs to figure out their world. Sight, around. sound, smell... Which Probably already even feel. Which already shows an extreme intelligence in sure. them. Sure. Okay. 
Um, they can be taught relatively complex actions and response sequences and can learn to make responses in different sequences. Okay. So you can be like, peck this, tap that, nod your head, and like get them repeating that. But then they can also do those things out of order depending on what input they're being given. Wow. Okay. They readily learn and respond to the presence of one stimulus and withhold responding in the presence of a different stimulus or different responses, meaning they can focus in on one specific thing and not get distracted by outside stuff. So think of a very well-trained dog. Like if you tell a very well-trained dog to focus on this stick or this ball versus an untrained dog who's going to look around or poke their ear or sure and and not have that. I mean, my kids can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that half the time, Jenna. (laughs) I get too distracted by the things around me. Okay, that's fair. They can discriminate between other individual parents, pigeons, and can use the behavior of another individual as a cue to tell them what response to make. Oh. Yeah. So, e.g., my human tensed up. That means I'm supposed to fly away. So, could it be considered rudimentary communication when it's from pigeon to pigeon? I would say so. They're responding. They, they see each other as individuals, not as just another bird. Wow. And they can respond to their cues. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to throw this out there. My husband always calls them flying rats. Yeah. Well, we're but gonna... rats are like really smart. So, I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's not derogatory. I mean, there's a reason why we use lab rats in experimentation. Right. Yeah. So, <sighs> but people tend to call them that because they see them as pests. And we'll, we'll get oh, more into that. Right, right. Yeah. We'll get more into that. Okay. Um, they can read, readily learn to make discriminative responses to different categories of stimuli defined by arbitrary rules, e.g. green triangles or pictures of human beings. So they can say, oh, if I see a green triangle, it means this. If mm-hmm. I see a human, it means this. They are so freaking smart. Um, they do less well with categories defined by abstract constructs, like uh, symmetrical or same. That doesn't mean much to them. However, some experimenters have got them to be able to respond to that through training. So they can wow. even be taught to recognize if something's symmetrical or unsymmetrical. Sure. Again, this wow. is stuff some human kids can't do. Yep. Hmm. I just lost my place. <laughs> That's okay. I will just hang out, hang out, and sing a little song, song, while Amanda finds her place. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, that's what (laughs) I was going to start a second verse. It wasn't (laughs) scrolling properly. I'm like, I just read this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
okay. I'll take a minute. All right. Uh, Refocus. <laughs> Pigeons seem to require more information than humans in constructing a three-dimensional image from a plane representation. So if you give them a 2D image, it's a little harder for them to recognize the 2D picture in 3D. So you couldn't stick a cube picture next to an actual cube and have them recognize. But I think that goes back to the symmetrical response. Oh, like they yeah. they see each item as its separate individual. Okay. Um, they have difficulty dealing with problems involving classes of classes. So they don't really do well with isolation of a relationship among variables. So they don't really do well with uh, all of these are leaves. Which leaf is different? Oh, okay. If that makes sense. Sure. But they can remember a large number of individual images for a long time, e.g. hundreds of images for a period of several years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, that's fascinating. This is super unusual, super unique. Huh. And super weird. <laughs> okay. But none of these skills are what they use to get home. So they have this amazing ability for these images and recognition, but they aren't used. We can't prove that that's what they're using to get home because we put them in places they've never had recognition of and they get home. Huh. Okay. But I wanted to point out just how much they can remember and understand. Like they even got pigeons to tell the difference between Picasso paintings and Monet paintings. What? Yeah, they could show them <laughs> they could show them Picasso and Monet next to each other and get them to pick out which one was Picasso. Oh my gosh. Like they can recognize That's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I I love Super it. crazy. I love it. Wow. <laughs> they they even uh the person who did this experiment with the pigeons actually ended up winning a Nobel Prize for his work in psychological studies. Well, good for him. Yeah. This yeah. is this is crazy, like super interesting stuff. I mean, Pit has a lot of implications too. Yeah. Pigeons are smart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's despite their intelligence, like you said, they're seen as rats with wings. Mm-hmm. Um, they do carry diseases, although they aren't usually transmitted to humans. Um, except for in the case of some people who care for pigeons do end up getting this disease that comes from being around their poop and inhaling stuff for too long. Oh yes, yes. So it's something where you're only really gonna get a disease if you have prolonged exposure to a lot of pigeons sure. for a long time. Yeah. Which I'm sure some people in denser cities see as more of a problem than people like us who see the rare pigeon here or there. Yes. Um they do damage property, but so do all birds. Right. All animals. Let's let's not blame the pigeons. Okay. Sure. And like I said, they outnumber humans in populated areas. In a city like New York, you're going to have way more pigeons than yes. you are going to have humans. That's fair. So why haven't we gotten rid of these pests? Because mm, a lot of people would be like super sad that we killed birds and then they'd be like. Uh, I could see that happening in rural communities. They'd or have a thousand person bird march on washington <laughs> to save the birds yeah 
I, I can see some people getting really mad, but they are not a species anywhere near in danger. And they... Specifically uh, pigeons, right? Specifically well, oh, pigeons. Okay. Okay. And they are... I mean, they're they're a nuisance. They're trouble. They're pests. Um, oh, okay. We've, we've tried to get rid of them. Here's okay. the thing. We... They won't allow poison in a lot of states because it attacks other birds. And they found the poison is pretty much ineffective on them anyway because they can reproduce faster than they're dying off. Oh, It's right. affecting the birds around them more than it is them as far as population goes. So poison's out of the question. Okay. We've tried limiting their food supply in a lot of major cities. They have a lot of campaigns to keep litter off the street. Don't feed the birds. Please just let them figure their stuff out because we want the pigeons to start. But they're scavengers. They'll pick through trash. They'll find any scrap of food on the ground. They'll steal it from people's hands <laughs> if they can. So they are very adept and probably because they're so smart at finding food and getting their hands on it. So their population continues to build. Right. Um, we've tried giving them birth control. <laughs> <laughs> Pigeon, pigeon birth control. <laughs> pigeon birth control. They had a TBC. <laughs> they had a they had a group of scientists working tirelessly oh my to create pigeon birth control. Why don't they do that for mice? You Ma- a- you ask them. Yeah, okay, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother episode. Okay. Wow, birth control. Um, PBC, They've okay. even tried using something called dummy nests in order to switch their real eggs for fakes. So they set up these purposeful homes mm-hmm. where they can nest easily. And then they have a person basically go check for real eggs and switch them out for fake eggs to just de- so they can destroy the real eggs and prevent further More popul- pigeons, right. Okay. But they don't use them. They noticed their eggs weren't hatching and they... They were like, fuck off. That's just, not my nest. They're so... Freaking smart. Wow. Okay. That's cool. But are they smart enough? Is there the technology? Could they be spies? What? So that's what this whole birds work for the bourgeoisie theory is about. They claim that Reagan in 1886 switched out. 1986. 1986. I'm sorry. I got my years wrong. <laughs> He's not that old. <laughs> not that old. Um, that he went about the removal of pigeons, replacing them with drones or robots. And I do want to touch on that, but I want to hear a little bit about Reagan and see if he's the kind of person. Okay. Well, you know what? I just happened to because... You asked. (laughs) Listen, you're closer to Reagan than I was. I was like, I don't, I barely remember Bush. I just remember (laughs) Ronald Reagan saying, President Gorbachev, tear down that wall. (laughs) Uh, I think the only thing I really heard him talk about is that uh, one particular space mission. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Star Wars. It was, (laughs) yeah, no, they literally called it Star Wars and it was a security system of um, satellites that would cause, um, that would shoot down incoming missiles yeah. whenever they were launched. Yeah. Okay. So one other thing that Reagan did that I that I uh, thought was really interesting because I just found this out today. <laughs> uh, so 
U.S. intelligence intelligence agents have broad authority to spy on U.S. companies as long as they are, quote, believed to have some relationship with foreign organizations or persons, end quote. That's so broad. That could be like, we happen to ship to China. Yep. Yep. Or we answered a telephone call from China. Or one time we used a help desk in India to help support our company. <laughs> yep. Or we called and made the made reservations in the Bahamas. Or one of the people who sells to us happens to be a corporation that's overseas. Yep. Yep. Hmm. So that, dis- that, uh, that description that could conceivably apply to any company with foreign shareholders, subsidiaries, or even employees... So even if they employed somebody with a visa, yep, we can spy on you because you have ties to some other country. BS. Right. So this trove of documents from the NSA, Department of Justice, and Defense Intelligence Agency confirms longstanding suspicions that the bulk of U.S. foreign surveillance operations were governed not by acts of Congress but by a 43-year-old executive order issued unilaterally by President Ronald Reagan. So this wasn't a bill that was passed. This wasn't something that was, you know, discussed. And, and He made... Nope. He just rubber-stamped it, and it became... Compl- not even law, because you can't call it a law. It literally is just an executive order. Yeah. And so um, the documents were found in um, a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit filed by the ACLU and Media Freedom and Information Access Clinic at Yale Law School. So um, they said that these papers were so extraordinarily broad and largely obscure which underpins expansive U.S. surveillance programs like siphoning internet traffic from Google and Yahoo's overseas data centers, right? recording every call in the Bahamas. Just remember, Bahamas is just like a short 30, 45-minute flight from Florida. Mm. Mm-hmm. But technically not the U.S., but... But they're allowed know. to handle the calls there. Yep. So uh, this also became relevant when Edward Snowden um, released thousands and thousands of government documents, right? Right. So this executive order is literally executive order 12333, and they call it the 12333 executive order. Huh. Yes. And... um, so this, Congress's reform efforts have not addressed this specific executive order pretty much ever. Well, no, why would they? It gives exactly. them access to pretty much spy on anyone. Exactly. Yep. I, I buy something from China. I interact with foreign nationals. They can spy on me. Yep. So um, this particular... Uh, 12333 executive order literally came into being in 1981 under Ronald Reagan. Yep. Yep. 
So, um, so you would say he's pushed for surveillance. Oh, 100%. This is all about surveillance. He demanded. this Exactly. That's exactly what he did. Because the executive branch issued and now implements the executive order all on its own, the, program, the programs operating under this executive order are subject to essentially, so actually I should say not subject to congressional oversight or even the court's. So no one's overseeing them. Nope. They basically have free reign yep. to go about it and no one's stopping them. Yep. And it said the documents describe procedures for safeguarding the rights of Americans whose information might incidentally be collected under 12333. But those procedures but most... are overseen by the director of national intelligence or the attorney general. <sighs> And most people right. aren't going to have the wherewithal to even think to say, I think the government took my information. Yeah. And I want to go be mad at them for that. Yeah. Yep. A and even the people who do have the wherewithal don't have the means. Yes. Yes. So um, a few months ago, my husband actually had a call from the FBI and they wanted to know about um, a credit card transaction. They said he used his credit card in Mexico City and wanted to know why he was using his credit card in Mexico City. And he was like, that's interesting. I haven't been outside of the country in two years. And they're like, well, why was your credit card used here? He's like, I don't know. Good question. Guess I'll be calling my bank and finding out why my credit card was used there. And then they proceeded to tell him that the transaction was denied because it was an internet international transaction. And he's like, why are what you, are you trying? Me? Yeah. What, then why are you calling me? What is going on here? Yeah. But he legitimately, the guy identified himself as from the FBI office here locally in the state. We actually have an FBI office an hour and a half. Exactly. South that's, of us. That's in, the one that called him. Yeah. In Pocatello. Mm hmm. Um, which is a weird place to think about the FBI being like, like literally right. <laughs> when I was living there, I was like, why is the FBI in my backyard? <laughs> Aren't, don't you belong out East? Yeah. Like in a, what? Yeah. Like in a big, big multi-million or several million so, city. So we know that there's foundations that Reagan definitely is the per person who, if he could, would replace birds with surveillance cameras. What? Say, say so, that again. So he pushed for surveillance. So he is the type of person who would, if he could, replace the birds with surveillance cameras. Replace the birds with surveillance cameras. Well, that's what the birds work for the bourgeoisie thing is all about. Oh. They believe that the birds were taken and replaced by surveillance drones. Now, granted, Whoa. animatronics and robots and drones... Um, and, and I'm sure anyone who's a conspiracy nut all agree that the government keeps access to certain technology to themselves several decades in advance before that's released to the general populace so that they can stay more advanced than the general public. Sure, I'll agree with that. Yep. So it's feasible that they had access to good drones, good robotics, and could potentially do such a thing. But, but honestly, I think that's a waste of resources. Because they already had a much simpler way to do things. 
they had an intelligent species that could be taught to focus in on specific imagery. They that could be released and be unseen across the world. Right. That could bring back information to them. So I want to start with showing you the population map of where pigeons live. The dark red is where they are native species. Okay. Everything that is light pink is where they are an infestive species. Okay. <coughs> like an invasive or... Invasive, they, they're, thank, they're you. Not, thank you. They're not native, yeah. They're not okay. native. You are going to notice that all of the places colored are places of good-sized population and particular political interest. Oh. Uh, excuse me? So, so what I'm looking at here, Amanda, is the red uh, is all... Middle Eastern countries. Middle Eastern countries and northern North Africa. And all the light red countries are places like the United States, Japan, Australia. And you'll notice that in those particular countries, like if you look at Australia, the map of the pink is only in the populated areas. They haven't gone to the outback, which would be plenty. That's exactly, that's exactly it. But they're legitimately everywhere in the Americas. Everywhere. Everywhere in the Americas, including Alaska, which I find surprising. Yeah. A few places in southern, the southern part of the African continent. A few places, well... South uh, Africa ports and places of interest and importance. um, Can I just say that there's not a lot of places in China? Or Russia. Interesting. Two of the countries that are... (laughs) Or even Brazil. Brazil is massive. It only has like a tiny little... But but two of the biggest countries who that are... That is crazy. In fact, Russia was a big opponent back in Reagan's day. And they don't have any population of pigeons. Okay, that's... Wow. I And chi- China <laughs> is, is so one of our, our more... Uh, troublesome... Troublesome world partner i wouldn't even call them i don't want to call them enemies because i don't see them as yeah enemies. i don't see them as enemy political either, rivals, rivals? <laughs> yes yes uh, bully on the playground maybe but, but they have tons of population i'm sure they have plenty oh, of, plenty of food that would be sure. out on the streets for pigeons to have access to they have popular populations of pigeons close around china and russia there's no reasons the birds wouldn't have migrated into those areas exactly to get food but there legitimately is like none hardly any any pigeon population in china so they're everywhere except for places that would china or like just across the canadian border and then canada basically doesn't have pigeons either places that have their suspicions about americans government that's fair. So. Wow. That aside, could the birds carry some way of getting information? Obviously, the birds can't write letters themselves and be like, I saw a shady dude on the street, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. I, I hope they aren't that educated. So I decided to see if cameras could be put on these birds. 
Now, microchipping animals is not completely unheard of. And in fact, people put microchips and cameras on animals for ecological, ecological research. Oh, yeah. Trackers and mm -hmm. track migration patterns, check things out. So that's not all unheard of. So what if Reagan and his men didn't kill the birds and make robots? What if they hired them? What? What if they took them, put cameras on them, and released them? And what if they continually catch and release and implant cameras on these birds? Oh my gosh. But you would see a camera, uh, right? Uh, well, yeah. I would think like if it's like a GoPro or something, it looked like a little collar or... So what you know, would you a say? Band or something on them. What would you say the world's smallest camera is? Okay. To be fair, you asked me this question before. <laughs> now you're getting more show. suspicious. Yes, I am. And <laughs> I said the size of a like a small button. So not not as big as a dime, but not not something that would be extremely noticeable. But no, but, but yeah, like maybe it, I I would say like a centimeter, a centimeter and a half. So. We're talking, you know, about yay big. Right. You would see it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, if they're flying up in the sky and they have that size camera on them, you might not see it. But if they're sitting out on your windowsill, like looking in your window. Or pecking on your window or something, you'd be like, holy shit, that's a camera. Well, the world's smallest video camera is so tiny that it could easily get lost in your pocket. What? It was developed by some researchers at the University of Washington and brought to life by Omnivision Technologies. How small are we talking about? Yeah. 0.65 by 0.65 by 1.58 millimeters in size. What? Which is about the size of a grain of sand. That's insane. Think about how small that is. It is built on a meta surface made of over 1.6 million cylindrical posts that act like a camera sensor. Each post works as an optical antenna, which receives light and creates images. You know, like the old pinprick cameras. Oh my gosh. This camera can capture images at a resolution of 200 by 200. That's 40,000 pixels at 30 frames per second. That's better imaging than a Game Boy screen. And it's in full color. Oh, my gosh. No. Uh, So it could legitimately be smaller. Like it could be a freckle on somebody's cheek. It was specifically designed to fit inside human veins to assist doctors with diagnosis and surgery. It... Holy shit. Yeah. Think about that. That... That's incredible. It was also the Guinness World Record for the smallest commercially available image sensor. I want you to think about that. Smallest commercially available, meaning... You could buy it. Anybody could buy it. Because it's commercially available. Not even that. It's the smallest commercially available, meaning are there smaller that aren't oh, commercially no. available? Oh, 
God, no, 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 no. Smaller no, no. or better or. Wow. Mm. So we're talking like instead of it being like a freckle, like a hair follicle. Jeez. Okay, that that's like <laughs> actually some nightmare fuel. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you, you could be just looking at somebody on the street, like, not even on the street. Let's just say, like, in a meeting, in a boardroom. I could be standing this far from you, and I would never recognize something the size of a grain of sand on your cheek. No. Uh, near your eye. No. And and on me, you could just blend it in with all my, you know, like, gray hairs or something. Or And even if you did, you're going to tell someone, you've got a speck of sand on your face. Right. Nobody's, nobody's, what's that weird freckle on your face? Oh, sorry. My bad. It's just a freckle. Yeah. No. Mm. Now, granted, I'm (laughs) I'm sure it's been very useful for surgical applications. Um, They thread it like on catheters and things like that and and get inside people to get a better idea of what they're dealing with. Sure. Um, This camera includes a 120 degree field of view. An extended focus range of three millimeters to thirty millimeters. Oh, jeez! So it can see near or far, and I don't think think about a hundred and twenty degrees. Yeah. Of of imaging, that's a pretty yeah wide well, that because even one eighty is half your vision field, so that's greater than half your vision field when you're just sitting. Yeah. Not turning your head, so holy shit. Wow. (sighs) Okay. So, I think that it's very feasible that they have... I don't think every pigeon or every bird, but pigeons blend in so well. These cameras can be made so small. Right. I think it's entirely possible that surveillance... government agencies like the CIA, FBI, any of them would find use in training such a smart bird. Sure. Planting it with a camera. Oh yeah, totally. I I I sending yeah. it sending it's on its way with one bit of information. If you see this particular thing, you come back. You, right. You get you then we'll take your camera and look at the imaging on it. Right. And that would be easy. If they can remember hundreds of images for years, if you train them on one image, say if they recognize a bomb or a specific human or anything, it'd be so easy to tell them, when you see this, you come home. Right. It'd be nothing for them. Wow. I don't think it's that far-fetched that the birds could spy on us. So the birds work for the bourgeoisie. The birds work for the bourgeoisie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now that's terrifying if it's true. Now, if you go to know your meme and talk about this particular meme as a lot of people are calling it, but I would okay. say it's a conspiracy theory. Sure. Um they will tell you that it goes back to the company that birds aren't real. Um and that, so it came around when, in two, July of 2019, when Kendrick Smith announced on a megaphone on TikTok. Okay, gotcha. Um, the original video was actually deleted. So that video that I showed you is someone's, like, phone recording oh. of the video. 
and there's huh. more people who have recorded it and post like people will take their versions of recording it and continually put it back up because video get, keeps getting taken down. Interesting. Um, the repost gained 78,000 likes and 10,200 shares in a month. Okay. Um, Redditors began copying the statement um, through a form called copy pasta and <laughs> not creepy pasta, but honestly, we might as well copy be there. Copy pasta. Okay. All right. And copy then people be began to use the audio to do animations, drawings of birds, with the text, the birds work for the bourgeoisie. Because it got taken down, it gained even more. Oh, 100%. Every time, anytime you, you don't, or it's perceived that they don't want you, and I air quote they, they don't want you to see something. That, uh, I think the drive for the population to share and put it out there as much as possible. Yeah. 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 So he, so another person, a Redditor, uh, uploaded a screenshot of texting someone um, through Reddit. And, and they were talking about pigeons being liars and that they're secretly spying with us and that all birds are and that birds aren't even real and have mm. not been since the 1970s. <laughs> and that the CIA has been using them as drones to collect information from us. And with the Second World War behind us and communism rising and the Korea War between North and South Korea, that they they wanted to deal with the espionage and put birds in their place. Right. Um, Goodness. They're, wow. They said that the government used especially formulated bird poison that replicated and spread to other birds and killed every bird in the United States, which is about 12 billion birds between 1959 and 2001, um, to create surveillance drones. Because birds aren't real anymore. Literally. They're just, you know, there. They're just there. <laughs> they're, just, they're just drones. They say that... Okay, um, I don't know if I buy that, and here's why. I have seen the raptors in our area scoop up stuff out of the fields and fly off with them. So I, I, I don't know if I believe that particular well, statement. They say that it's, each bird has a different type of surveillance. For example, owls are night surveillance drones. Bluebirds have <laughs> retina scanners. Oh, gosh. And pigeons are city surveillance drones. Okay. Um, so that the government can watch everything you do from brushing your teeth, printing T-shirts... Blah blah blah. <laughs> Making a podcast. <laughs> that's that's what happened the other recording when we had the thing fly in the window, Amanda. Uh, the government. We were being surveilled. <laughs> and the bird got too close. <laughs> so what 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 happens according to this uh this meme blogger, if you encounter a bird, um it's okay. Stay calm. Remember to breathe. Look the <laughs> look the bird in the eyes. <laughs> and okay. This is according to them. I love this. This is brilliant. Oh my gosh. And look them in the eyes and say the following statement confidently. I know your secret. I know that you are a surveillance drone in disguise. I know that behind those beady eyes are Camerons soaking up data and sending it to the Pentagon. I'm on to you. I know you're not real. 
This will assert your dominance over the drone and show that you are superior. I. This is from this is from Know Your Meme Sage Blog. I love their. Okay, that's that's kind of hilarious. That's I, funny. I love their little. <laughs> like explanation of a lot of people see it as purely satire and i love that people take it to that place sure um i think a lot of people just wanted to have fun with it have fun with it mm-hmm. um so they're in January 2017, when it like all start, kind of got started, uh, Mick Mill Mick Indo was in Memphis visiting friends, former President Trump, who had just been sworn in, and there were a lot of women's marches all over the country. And Mick Mick Indo uh, witnessed one that was taking place in downtown Memphis, and among the protesters and counter protesters, he had an idea. He ripped. The poster off the wall, flipped it around, and wrote, birds aren't real, like as a spontaneous joke, and walked around with it, and then oh, this, no. and then a lot of people started the lore, and that's when the birds aren't real brand and everything uh. <laughs> started getting real. And okay. The, and the birds aren't real brand uh, tweeted at one point, retweeted a CIA tweet where the CIA posted a picture of a hawk. With the caption, like a hawk and two little eyeballs. Oh, gosh. Which only raised the question further. They're just adding to the conspiracy. And granted, I think that whoever runs a Twitter page for the CIA would have a sense of humor about these things. Oh, come on. They'd have to. They'd have to. Yeah. But again, we use humor as a coping mechanism and a disguise. Sure. If I'm the government and I do have the birds acting as surveillance Mm -hmm. or information recall, I'm going to make jokes about it. Yeah, because if you make fun of your own secret, I guess, then it makes it seem not as plausible, maybe. It it, it sows a seed of doubt for people. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so I think it's it's completely possible. Sure. That I don't think every bird. I think birds are real. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think birds are real people, but I do think using such a commonplace bird. Like the pigeons. With such intelligence Mm -hmm. to do information recall is completely reasonable. So do the birds work for the bourgeoisie? I say yes. Okay. Okay. So do do you do you tea with the not a bird or the 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 uh, fake bird? Honestly, <laughs> the, with the a, not real bird. What do you call it? The the bourgeoisie bird. Bourgeoisie bird. Okay. Do you tea with the bourgeoisie bourgeoisie bird? <laughs> no. No. But after all the information I read on pigeons, I totally would pee with a pigeon. Like you pee with a pigeon? <laughs> tea with a no. pigeon. <laughs> Oh, I would. What? T- <laughs> <laughs> that came over really weird in my headphones. Oh 
I oh my would goodness. I would tea with a pigeon. <laughs> okay, we're gonna tea with a pigeon because they're so incredibly smart. I love the idea of having an interaction with an intelligent animal. Like I've always wanted to like oh sure yeah like like dolphins, crows, okay, gorillas. Like I, I've like okay. I love the idea of having an interaction with something that's not a human. But is intelligent like a human. Sure. And I, I know we've had that conversation with things like Bigfoot and other stuff. Oh, well, yeah. So I think it would be I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Tea with pigeon. Okay. Tea with pigeon. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. I'll bring some little biscuits and, you Just, know. you know, comb its feathers first. Check for sand. <laughs> get out the magnifying glass. <laughs> Actually, get out. You know, they have those sensors now that can detect little cameras and stuff i'll just be like waving the wand over it going all right just hold still for a minute buddy. put it through the tsa security, line yep, security clearance <laughs> all right i think you're cleared i think we're good to go i love this conspiracy and i love the that mis- is fun i love the mystery of what if that is that's a good what well, if i think out here in the boonies totally not not feasible to do a, a project mice. like that Oh, damn mice. Rats? Yeah. What if it's not just the birds that work for the bourgeoisie? Okay, stop, stop. That's, <laughs> that again, that's nightmare fuel. But pigeons in major cities when you have, you know, like I said, hundreds of thousands, you know, millions of people. Pla- places where you yeah. would be worried about big acts of terrorism and things like that. Sure. And honestly, if our government's using birds to... Watch out for that and give them a heads up. Good for them, I guess. Okay. Even if it is kind of terrifying. Right. And a massive invasion of privacy and against the Constitution. And... (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 and. That's it right there in a nutshell. Yep. What do you think? Would you tea? Yep. I would tea. I would tea with a pigeon. All right. We're teeing... (laughs) Once I run them through security. (laughs) We're teeing with a pigeon. Run them through security. Well, first. if you guys have a bird, check to make sure it's real. Check it for cameras. Sure. Take pictures of your pigeons. Send them our way. <laughs> and if the same pigeon keeps showing up on your window seal, maybe you ought to be a little suspicious about it. Yeah. Just oh. be a little concerned. Yeah. Yeah. It's not illegal to kill a pigeon. Just saying. Well, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> well, you could capture it. Yes. And feed it crackers. There you go. <laughs> Put it in a Faraday box. <laughs> all right, my lovelies. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all the other places where you listen to us. Please give us a subscribe and follow. Uh, we yeah. appreciate it. We Give us little stars and smileys and anything else. And recommend us to your friends, please. And send us recommendations on what you'd like to hear on the show. Anything mysterious, creepy, out of the norm, uh, conspiracy driven, or alien related. And we'll be happy to look into it for you. All right, y'all, keep it steeped. Bye. Bye. Bye.